Walnuts are extremely rich in healthy fatty acids and vitamin E, which can help support good brain health. They are actually good for your brain. Mm. Well, I guess the question is, like, was it, did people think that because they looked like brains, they were good for you? That, I'm point. not seeing anything about that. I'm just seeing <laughs> that they are considered a brain food. I'm going to look this up. It, it... I specifically Googled, did people think walnuts make you smarter because they look like brains? Yeah, or, no, the or, problem is that if you just, like, Google that, it's just like, yeah, walnuts look like brains. Isn't that interesting? The first result for this question is, Cora, is it some weird coincidence that walnuts look like a brain? No other food on Earth shares even moderate similarity with the shape of a brain. No other food? None? What about monkey's brains? <laughs> yeah, it's so popular point. in Cantonese culture. So we've got underrelated searches, foods that look like private parts, male. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is it free that looks like private parts, comma, male? Nope, no comma, just private parts, male. Oh, well, this other website claims that that whole, like, may help improve brain health is bullshit. It says the Greeks called the walnut a cardiori, which meant head, because it looks like a human brain. For the same reason, for centuries, the Chinese have believed that walnuts are good for brains. The fact is... Oh, but this fact is not false at all. <laughs> <laughs> the fact is, it's true. The fact is, this is a fact. It's like purred happy from Brooks and Rack or something. Right. Write that down, bro. That's absolutely the bullshit reel. Write <laughs> that down, that fucking revelation. Yeah. this the podcast where three friends sit down watch a troubled movie drink a themed cocktail talk about what worked what didn't and how they would fix it i'm chris i'm the law and order Ravel. i am lee zero dark third crusade delicacy <laughs> and i'm brendan fire minds drishler i'm an irish revolutionary for some reason <laughs> it doesn't come up but i am <laughs> you can tell by no one really no one really questions why i'm an irish revolutionary and why everyone's kind of okay with it but it's true if you couldn't tell by our mishmash of accents. Or if you couldn't tell because I've got a hood over my face. And <laughs> who, who might I be? Man, we did um, the, the 2016? 18. 18. 18. Uh, Robin Hood starring Taron Edgerton? Edgerton? I still don't know. <laughs> no Is it knows. Eggs or Edge? We'll never know how to say his name. Ovum edge. or... <laughs> Ovum or Precipice. Ovum or Precipice. I love it. Uh, Jamie Foxx, Ben Mendelsohn, Eve Hewson, Tim Minchin, and Jamie Dornan. It's directed by Otto Bathurst, who is a member of the, what was it called? Universal the Universal Medicine. The Universal, Universal Medicine, Medicine cult, a socially harmful cult, according to England. I love that they call it socially It definitely sounds socially it harmful. It sounds pretty socially harmful from what I've read about it. Um, when you looked at their website, you just said it was like just pages and pages of just what, like, Wikipedia, not their website. I don't exactly. think their website's going to be like, and here, here are the people we don't like. <laughs> Although, who knows? Do you remember? Um, uh, well, it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's, you know, the the story, question mark, of Robin Hood, question mark. We'll get into really what this is. But yeah. um, before we do, what did we drink? Uh, so the drink that we made for this is called a Will Scarlet. It was a winter sangria that we had talked about doing for a while. It is one bottle of rosé wine, two cups of pomegranate juice, half a cup of brandy, Arrows from a pomegranate, one pear, one apple, club soda, or in our case, we used an apple pomegranate seltzer, and spiced syrup. The spiced syrup is just two cinnamon sticks, a teaspoon of cloves, an orange slice, half a cup of granulated sugar, half a cup of water. You make that the same way you would any simple syrup. Just heat it up, wait till the sugar evaporates, and then strain it out. Uh, basically, again, it's a sangria. When the syrup's cool, throw everything into a pitcher together, let it sit overnight in the fridge, toss in the seltzer before you're ready to actually drink it, and then just pour it out and get winter drunk. Uh, first drink of the year, what did we think? We did good. It was good. I, I liked the one we had, the first winter sangria we did. Right, I think the Girl from Friday? Yeah, the Girl from Friday. Whatever it was. Yeah, whatever day of the week she's His from. His Girl from Friday. His Girl from Friday. Or is it, I feel like if it's the Girl from Monday, then it has, it's something like the Vixen from Friday. Or is yeah. that Saturday? Maybe? His Girl Friday after next. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that one was like a white wine, which I think I, right. I in general, would like more. This was a rosé. Yes. You're starting from a somewhat sweet place. Um, and it's, it was a little like, it felt more like, I guess, like a normal 
sangria, which is mm-hmm. a bit sweet and fruity to it me. It is. Mm-hmm. So the other difference, I think, is that the uh, Girl from Monday one, it was more of sort of like an herbally kind of thing because we had rosemary yes, in it, that's what right. I remember specifically. Yeah. And it was cranberry and apple, I think. Yes. It, was, it was like a sharper taste, which right. I think I liked it. And this more. one is more of like a spicy, sweet sort of thing. Yeah. There was cinnamon and allspice, you said? Close. Close. Yes. It does feel more like um, like cold mulled wine. It does, yeah. It does have that definite sort of cold mulled wine. Which is wine. like fine. It, yeah. I like mulled wine, but I kind of think uh, I was expecting a more like... I don't know, sharper, tangier yeah. vibe from this. But I did like the drink. We could do, good. no reason we couldn't do a spring sangria and try something <laughs> yeah. vaguely similar. I mean, or I do an... have, um, I did drink like two glasses. Yeah. So. I mean, this does, this goes down very easily, I have to say. Truly... I've had like four glasses of it now, and it's great. Yeah. You know, when you like crack I don't know a... if there's any left over, but I will be drinking it. <laughs> there you is know? some left over? Go nuts. I, do you, or like whenever you like crack a Snapple or like a Nantucket Nectars and you can drink it in like five seconds. Oh, yeah. That's what this It does like. have that sort of feel. Yeah, that, that very like, very fruity, very juicy, very sweet sort of thing that and just, just like mm-hmm. yep goes straight down your throat and it was also like as is always my favorite with sangria munching on that boozy fruit afterwards yes. was I yeah. don't like that yeah. but like, yeah. that's me I, I always do it we've got apples and pears two fruits that I like a lot and pomegranate arrows which aren't bad I know that like I have such a weird thing about pomegranate arrows where like I know you can eat the seeds inside like I know like it's, it's supposed to yeah I know right yeah. but it's just sort of like there's something that's always very weird to me about like just swallowing the seeds whole still you know yeah. I, I don't know what them. it is I crack them open Mm. What? Wait. What do you mean? You crack them open? I bite them. Yeah. No, I do too. What I mean is just like the idea that I guess that you're just oh, like, that you might swallow them whole, or just that you're chewing down on seeds, which uh, I think yeah. goes back to the thing I was discussing earlier about the my nuts. dislike of nuts. Yeah. I also don't love seeds. Yeah, I much. like pomegranate. Uh, I like eating them because it is kind of like a crunchier fruit mm. for me because it's like you, you get that satisfying crunch of popping the seed. Open. Yeah, I like the juice like, of pomegranate a lot, but I don't really like I, the seeds. I guess while we're enjoying our time at the bird feeder with all of our seeds and nuts, you will not be. Uh, I'll just be eating my pine cone covered with peanut butter. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Who has? A uh, Summary. I, I got it out because I had it on Wikipedia. Sure? Right. Yeah, I can do it. All right. Let me just uh, wait for it to reload here. All right. Lord Robin of Loxley, an aristocrat and English longbowmaster, lives in Nottingham and enjoys. He is, he is described as a longbowmaster before. Okay. Before. <laughs> yes. Before Little John does anything. Yeah. Uh, with his lover Marion before he is drafted by the corrupt sheriff of Nottingham to fight in the third crusade against the Saracens. After four years away from England, Robin becomes disillusioned with the crusades when he fails to prevent his commander. It's, it's Guy of Gisborne, right? Not Guy, because he's not French. I think it's Guy. Okay. We'll say Guy. Guy of Gisborne from executing unarmed prisoners, including a teenage boy, despite the pleading of the boy's father, which prompts Gisborne to send Robin back home under accusations of treasonous conduct. When he returns to Nottingham, Friar learns from his old friend Friar Tuck that the sheriff had him officially declared dead two years prior in order to seize Robin's land and wealth to continue funding the war effort at the behest of the corrupt cardinal, exiling the citizens from the city and into the coal mine town across the river. Investigating the slags, Robin witnesses the commoners planning to rise against the government that oppresses and exploits them and learns that Marion is now involved with their aspiring leader, Will Tillman. Robin is prevented from making contact with her by the prisoner whose son he tried to save. The man that introduces himself is... Yahya, I don't remember. I don't actually remember how you're supposed to say it, no. but it's okay because no other white person in this movie can pronounce it either. And it's a hilarious running joke mm-hmm. that he'll be like, "My name is this," and they'll be like, "What? What? 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 Can't say that at all. Can I call you John?" Which he then says can be translated to John, and proposes that he and Robin work to end the war by stealing back the money taken from the people to fund the church's conflict. Marion seeks Robin upon learning that he is alive, but he's advised by John not to tell her of his plans for her own protection. Through a grueling training montage in his now decrepit manner, Robin greatly expands upon and improves his skill in archery and combat and begins stealing the riches the sheriff has extorted from the townspeople, earning the nickname The Hood. While concealing his activities by masquerading as a frivolous playboy lord who supports the sheriff's regime. During a party in the Cardinal's honor attended by Robin, Marion, and Will, Marion and Robin discover the war is a ploy of the church, which is also funding the Saracen army to defeat the king and claim total power after his death. Question mark? Profit. Yeah. <laughs> Gisborne and his men raid the slags at the sheriff's behest in order to find the hood. Marion attempts to intervene despite Will's objections and crosses paths with the hood, whom she discovers is Robin recognizing his voice. John is captured by Gisborne and tortured by the sheriff, but refuses to reveal the hood's identity. When the sheriff uses John's faith against him, John threatens him with a promise that looking into his eyes and face will soon be the last thing he sees. Robin reveals himself to the commoners at Marion's urging and is embraced as their leader, upsetting Will. Will leads a riot to distract the sheriff's men while Robin intercepts a caravan transporting the sheriff's fortune out of Nottingham due to be delivered to the Saracen army. Robin then leads the townspeople in a battle against the sheriff and his corrupt forces. During the confrontation, Robin shares a little kiss with Marion, which is witnessed by Will moments before he is horribly scarred by an explosion. Disillusioned by Marion's betrayal, he abandons her and the revolution. 
When the tide of the battle begins turning in the sheriff's favor, Robin surrenders to avoid further bloodshed and is taken to the sheriff's castle to be executed. One of the guards is actually John, having previously escaped his cell, and he finally claims his revenge on the sheriff by hanging him by the chain on a massive sensor burner and left dangling high up on the roof from the cathedral. Sure. Okay. Robin and John flee to reunite with Marion and the townspeople who assisted them in taking them as refugees as outlaws in Sherwood Forest, sharing out their reclaimed loot. Meanwhile, the Cardinal approaches a vengeful will and offers him the chance to claim the power vacuum in Nottingham if he is loyal to the church. Will is appointed the new sheriff and brands Robin and his followers criminals, with Robin defiantly challenging Will to come after him with a well-placed arrow through the wanted poster being held up by Will to his townspeople. <laughs> the end? Sequel? Question mark? Oh my god. No, there will be no sequel. This movie was one of the biggest financial losers of 2018, if not the biggest. What was the budget? That's a great question. The budget was over a hundred, I believe. The budget dollars. The budget was one hundred dollars. <laughs> the budget was a hundred million and the box office was eighty-six point five million, which oh. is like certainly not like terrible, but certainly not good. Oof, oof, yeah. oof. Especially when you factor in how much they had to have spent on marketing. Right, and how much you had to spend on like you know, cloaks for Ben Mendelssohn, all that sort all of thing. All those hoods that you're nailing up to, That's like, right. archways and bridges. All the Primark clothes. All the Primark, <laughs> how many trips to Primark they had to make at yeah. 7 in the morning. So many, um, so many pleather dusters yeah. that are, like, a signifier of, like, institutional and establishment power. Exactly. Yeah. The classic trappings of Robin Hood that we all know about. <laughs> exactly! I mean... Let's start there. I mean, Robin Hood. Well, I'm sorry. Can I ask you real quick? I just yeah. want I just want to do like the characters and the actors oh, because in case we do. So, Taryn Egerton or Edgerton plays Robin Hood. Jamie Foxx is Little John. Ben Mendelsohn is the Sheriff of Nottingham. Eve Hewson is Maid Marian. Tim Minchin is Friar Tuck, and Jamie Dornan is Will Tillman, which I think are really the oh F Murray Abraham is the Cardinal. That's pretty much about all that matters. Yeah. Um, all right. Sorry, Chris. Go back to. Oh, that's right. Uh, Robin Hood. Uh, what is our general, like, familiarity with it? I mean, I've seen a lot of Robin Hood content, but, I mean, I haven't, like, done a lot of deep... You know, I'm not, not like, I'm not, like, a fucking scholar, you know? I don't think I ever really read anything about Robin yeah. You know, like, I feel like culturally through osmosis, I know mm-hmm. things. Yeah, I, I think, like, much like King Arthur stuff, a lot of it is right. more rooted in, like, ballads and, like, oral tradition than it is in, like... Well, and similar to Arthur, it's almost like its own genre, right? Right. Where it's not... It's there's not really like a wrong well, Robin Hood story. He's like a folk hero. Right. So like it's because he's a folk hero, there's like a lot of different iterations of Right. There are like characters who will show up in some stories, who won't show up in other yeah. stories. Like people will have different backgrounds. Marion could be like wealthy and upper class, or she could just be like a commoner. Whatever depends on what you want to do in right. the story. Whatever the story needs her to be is what she can be. And it goes that way with a lot of the characters too, a lot of their relationships. I, I mean I did a little quick jump into a Wikipedia hole just to like see some things. There are versions of the story where like it's not even, you know, like, King Richard or Prince John in the story. It's like King Edward or something. Even at various points, they hadn't even, you know, solidified the tropes that we associate with Robin Hood. I mean, most of those tropes come from the Errol Flynn movie, mm-hmm. or the Howard Pyle, The Married Adventures of Robin Hood, or even, like, the Kevin Costner right. Robin well, Hood okay. movie. okay, this is what we gotta establish right yeah. now, because, like, this movie clearly has not, like, done anything deeper than the Kevin Costner right. movie. Right. It, uh, it seems like this is a movie made by people who've seen other Robin Hood yeah. movies. Yeah. Because, like, this idea that there's, like, a Saracen yes. in Robin Hood's crew <laughs> dates because, like, the Kevin Costner one stole it from, like, a BBC thing right. and made it up. That's so funny to Yes, and, like, that. the Kevin Costner one, from what I can tell online, seems to have assumed that that was a factual basis or something. Yeah. Or, like, or at least something with more significance than just, like, something a TV show made up. And so this one was like, oh, so there's a black guy in The Merry Men? Well, what if instead of being whoever the fuck it was that Morgan Freeman was playing, yeah, what if it was Little John? Little John yeah. yeah, right. I love that um, Kevin Costner's like, ooh, we're going to do a historical Robin Hood. Am I going to do an accent? No, no, no. I will not no, try. No, no, no. I mean, Kevin Costner, what did you do? I know, like, what would that even sound like? Yeah. I'm doing an accent? That'd yeah. be fun. Yeah. Kevin Costner's accent him, work? I'd love to hear him try it. It's been so long since I've seen that movie. I, I couldn't even, like, Same. really tell you. I, I mean, like... Alan Rickman does some good villains. That's he all does. I remember. That's literally all I remember. It's like... Alan Rickman. It's a delicious, like, clownish, hammy, perfect... Right, it's really like good. so much scenery chewing. Doesn't yeah. he, what does he, like... Like, he wants to, like, rip a guy's heart out with a spoon or something like that? Isn't that a Dig thing? Dig it out with a spoon? Yeah, some There's shit like that. There's a bit where he's, like, testing the new swords, and, and then he just, like, stabs one of the henchmen standing right next to him, and he's like, that's good Spanish steel. <laughs> 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 
just to demonstrate just how evil he is. Yeah, I mean, that really kind of is sort of just like it's the epitome of like gun. the evil sheriff of Nottingham <laughs> yeah, character. Just stabbing it's, someone. Yeah, that, that, that's like, I think that kind of in a weird way has probably encapsulated the character of the sheriff of Nottingham as much as anything else yeah. has, I'm sure. I also, I've always been a deep, I just want to say, I've always been a deep fan of Robin Hood rooted in, uh, I fucking love the Disney Robin Hood <laughs> yeah. so much. The Disney Robin is such a bizarre movie. It is not one of my favorite I love Disney it. movies. I liked it as a kid. I think that the choice much. to have like Americana folk music is like amazing. Yeah. I think that, I, it's just such a bizarre thing. Some of the characters are southern accented, you know. <laughs> how, mostly the commoners. Right, but then also the Sheriff of Nottingham is too. Is, so yeah. like, I guess it, it is one of those things where like, were they trying to say something deep about like, you know, like where the Sheriff of Nottingham is from and how like all the common people have southern accents and all of like the higher up people have British accents or it's just like, I don't know, we weren't really thinking about it that much. Yeah, I, don't th- I think that mostly it was because they decided the music was going to be folk. Southern, yeah, yeah. yeah tinge. Like so like you have to have a lot of yeah, that so sort of thing in the like, Well, who do who? I also got the feeling, not only did I feel like they were trying to do some of the Kevin Costner or whatever, I it also felt to me like, uh, do, I, you probably will, I don't know if you ever knew about this show, but for a while the CW had the show called Rain, where it was allegedly supposed to be about uh, Mary Queen of Scots and like her court. R-E-I-G-N, right? Yeah. Okay. And, but it was so silly. There were things like um, the queen had a, like had Nostradamus who was hot and could like see the future and could like, uh, and would like so she would, like, she would use that as a way to, like, fuck with people. And everyone was, like, running around in, like, screen print dresses. Right. It was amazing. So it's, like, historical fan fiction. So it's... But you know that's... what I... See, I don't remember Ray, but you know what I do remember is... I don't remember what it was called, but there was, like, the hot Da Vinci. Hot young... <laughs> I remember. Do you remember I, that? Was it just called, like, Da Vinci? It was. I it was. It was called Da Vinci. Da Vinci it was, like, I'm a hot young Da Vinci. I'm yeah. It was on TNT, right? Yeah. And, yeah. like, the Borgias were, like, the villains. Right, yeah. right, right. right. I think that this Did is all coming from a similar place. It is. I mean, also, you think about it, it's not something I really watch, but I'm more, like, aware of is the BBC Merlin, right? Where, like, Merlin's yeah. a young, hot guy. Yeah, but those are, like, those, that's, like, young, I mean, he's, like, young teen. and twinky. Like, that, that's, like, PG. Right, yeah. Kid stuff. It's not, like, the, 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 I think Rain and the Da Vinci show were, like, this guy Sexy. fucks. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, <laughs> these characters fuck Exactly. Now. Mary Queen of Scots, she fucks. <laughs> she fucks. <laughs> <laughs> Those ladies yeah, in waiting. There was like definitely fun. like hot tub sex scene episode one of Da Vinci. <laughs> a fire under a barrel or something. Well, like it was like you know yeah. like a Roman bath or something. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, you know, people have been doing steam. I know people and then, like, will always as, find a way as they're like macking in that hot tub. They're playing Imagine Dragons somehow. On a lute. Could you imagine that? God, there's some minstrel named like fantasized dragons or something like that. <laughs> fantasized worms. <laughs> um, yeah, because I felt like uh, this this movie apparently by intention was very anachronistic. In yeah, its, the, in its look and its costume. In, in parts, it's in, in parts. parts. Yeah. The thing, the blurb that I had got from IMDb trivia, which again, IMDb trivia, believe it or don't, is that it was one third, one third, one third, one third old period appropriate to what it would be, one third contemporary, and one third like nutso futuristic. And the, you don't really get the nutso futuristic except for the one scene where they're at a fancy party. It's brief. The only, right. the only set vibe. The only other vibe I get is that because it, it because Ben Mendelsohn's in it is that it just seems like Star Warsy. Right, it literally looks like he walked up the set of Rogue but One. Like Star and Wars just wandered on. Also has that sort of like mixing of. Right, I like, mean, like the thing, the, the scene in this movie where they're at the fancy party reminds me so much of like Canto Bite in the Last Jedi. Yeah, where, like, I was gonna they say they show up at a party full of, like all these apathetic rich people. And Bond it's, like, villains. Right, yeah, or like yeah, exactly, like any Bond villain sequence where you just yeah. go in there and you, you meet the villain and you have like a terse discussion while gambling or something. And everyone's like in like a like incredible. Right. And, yeah. Exactly. But I do feel like when you, when most people are given the brief futuristic, the idea is like up t- turned out lapels, like yes. lapels <laughs> blazers. <laughs> yeah. This movie is full of it, like it's like it's well it, a lot of turn a lot of turned up lapels. A lot of turned up lapels because it did release or like, no lapels in it, the case of the sheriff of Nottingham's jacket. Yeah. It's either it's like a, it's like a almost like a robe like blazer. Right. It's, it's right. I mean, it's just so you like cut the lapels off a jacket. It looks like it was made out of like gray pleather or something. It looks very plasticky. I mean, again, like. If he had worn that in Rogue One, I would have been like, yeah, that makes it sense. It sort of reminds me of um, 
Did uh, did you guys know that in Aliens, uh, there's like a there's a whole scene close to the beginning of the movie where like Paul Reiser's character has on like a very odd oh um, with the two ties. No, it's where yes, but then there's <laughs> also lapels are all kind of up, almost like it's a Mandarin collar, mm. and. Um, apparently that was just something they did day of, of like, how can we make this look weirder? <laughs> what if we pop and the collar up? Honestly, that's what, it almost reads to me, like, on Robin, in Robin Hood, they were just wearing the coat normally, and they're like, hey, wait, this doesn't look... Right, like, mm-hmm. right, if we were supposed to do, like, one-third future, we're not quite there yet, what can we do? Instead of taking it back to wardrobe and just, like, redoing it, it just looks like they just folded it under a little... Everything looks so silly like that. Right. And I mean, apparently, again, according to IMDb, all the outfits in this movie were handmade, which, one, would have surprised me because so much of this looks like off-the-rack off the sort rack. of H&M Primark Especially kind of that, um, that cross-quilted looking His jacket. jacket. Robin's jacket. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it looks so much like that. But again, I guess if these, if, if this is true and they were all handmade, I mean, maybe that explains why they don't look more ridiculous, right? Because this movie had... $100 million, which is not an insubstantial budget, but not an obscene budget either. And so, like, if you are hand-making every single fucking costume and not just, like, repurposing, I don't know, commoner costumes from other period-appropriate movies, then, like, maybe you just can't judge it up that much right. at the end of the day. Maybe there's only so much you can do. It's a shame, because I think the the costumes that look the most interesting are the ones that are, like, crazy over the top when they're at that sort of party where Ben Mendelsohn's costume. Like, everything else, period-appropriate ones, Ooh. it's Snoozeville, it's boring, I don't care. The other ones, again, just like off the rack European yeah, fashion house whenever they're just like in just like scheming up plans they're just wearing like white t-shirts yes. yeah yeah like, with like a, a crew neck with a yeah, visible like seam a, yeah, and I'm just like neck. yeah and where um there was like uh there were like a few settings that had like corrugated metal and you're like what yeah, right I mean, some of the uh, first of all half the set is like dystopian Mad Max yes. films where there's just, like the slags are just like <laughs> nobody knows what happens here except that fire spits out every right. So it's a mine, and they're mining fire. <laughs> they're mining yeah. fire. every now and then. I guess fire they just describe it up. as a coal mine. Yeah, like I guess it must be coal or something. Yeah, that's the that, only thing. That all makes that sense. really amounts to is like it's kind of like a dystopian hellhole with fire. Right, and again, like if you are mining coal, it's not a good idea to set the coal on no, fire no, and have it shoot not. out of the ground. That's generally um, how things go poorly. No. It, I feel like it's maybe also a measure of maybe how poorly um, they kind of combined or interleaved the the contemporary and yeah. yeah. I mean, um, just because like whenever you see the mix, it doesn't look natural. It doesn't fool you. And because I feel like a really good example of someone fooling you kind of is the favorite did that really well. Where like a lot of the silhouettes were classic, but they were using tons of like patterns mm-hmm. and leather that they just would not have used at the time. It's just like, in this case, the things just look like they were lazily bought at, again, H&M. Yeah, I, I think for me, like, if you're talking about sort of, like, melding futuristic with sort of older looking stuff, a movie that I think does it really interestingly is Treasure Planet, where they, like, they talk about having a 70-30 role in Treasure Planet, where it's like 70% historically appropriate in, like, the 1800s and 30% sort of, like, steampunky sci-fi. Yeah. And, like, if you know that looking at it, it's like, yes, everything here makes perfect sense. With here, it just feels kind of like they didn't have the foresight to really determine what percentage is really what. And so, as such, it just kind of ends up being an unsatisfying mesh of mostly kind of contemporary stuff with a little bit of old-fashioned, a little bit of futuristic thrown in as well. Yeah. I think that also, for me, kind of goes to the sets. I think the sets in this movie are, by and large, like, kind of pretty fucking boring. Yeah. Like, I, I want more from... And- like, I kind of... Yeah, the, the, you want the rich mansions to be more fucking bananas. Right, well, exactly. Because uh, all of the light and uh, a lot of the colors and tones are very desaturated. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of so damn. This it's movie. Yeah. so damn. Yeah, I, yeah it's really very dark. You really want, like, the party or, like, the... Sheriff's to look, or right, yeah, to look, like, so be, like, visually insane. Yeah, like, yeah. colorful and, like, not so... Right, yeah. and even, like, the scenes in the church, they do a little bit. There's a lot of stained glass on the walls. And so, like, again, maybe it was a budgetary thing. Maybe they literally just could not do any more. But it's like, you want the church to look like this sort of, like, excessive, egregious use of money. Gold. Right, everywhere. right. You want it just to look, like, tacky over the top. And instead, it's just like, well, it kind of looks like a church a lot of It lives. looks as dark and as blue as everything else yeah. in the movie. It right. And it shouldn't have just been, like, the set design. It should have been the lighting. Yes. The color balancing should have been different for those scenes. Right, I mean, exactly. Everything looks 
Well, yeah, it's just everything looks far too like it's the same gritty. Yeah, no, I mean that it is. It is just like the gritty filter. Like filter, if you said yeah. like let's do a gritty Robin Hood, you'd get this. This is what gritty yeah. Robin Hood looks like. But it's also just it's also lazy. I think visually, it's oh yeah, hundred percent. It's I and that's why I kind of feel like the use of modern clothing ends up almost contributing to that feeling of laziness because it just feels like they're like fuck it, just grab this instead. Yeah, um, I think it's probably worth also talking a little bit about the opening scene in Arabia. Yeah, because that is shot. Oh. As though it is like oh zero God. dark thirty or something. First it of all, so nuts. I, I never got over, and it was the thing. It's probably my favorite thing about this movie is the the treatment of bows and arrows, mm-hmm. like they are guns and bullets, right? Yeah. And so uh, first, it, you're giving me a Saracen with like a machine gun, like yeah, like yeah, yeah. It's, it's like artillery level. Like it pierces through stone walls. Yeah, yeah. It like like rocks are blowing up as yeah. it hits. But them. I honestly like fine. I really wish the rest of the movie could have risen in that direction. It didn't. Right. Um, it was kind of almost kind of giving me Bloodborne a little bit. Yeah, it does kind of have that vibe a little bit. And, but yeah, the way that the Robin and his like other soldiers and the Crusades are like storming in like a SWAT team, into right? Clearing right. and they, checking right. rooms. Yeah, like yeah. their bow and arrows are like always notched, so they just like go into a room and they like spread yeah, out, and everyone's like pointing at a different angle. Your so arm is so fucking. Gym. I know. Like, how do you like exactly? You must have like muscles the size of cantaloupes yeah. or something and because like you're the, just holding your arrow notch. Can you imagine the carpal tunnel you got. Like, <laughs> exactly. I I just that legitimately put so much joy in my heart and I just thought it was so funny especially uh, when juxtaposed with just how serious and yeah. very serious everything else is right. there's uh, moments of levity that do not fly uh, where you can kind of see Taryn spark a little <laughs> And you you start to see something that like approaches chemistry between him and uh, Marion. Is he? But have um, you ever seen him like do good acting? Because I don't really. He was know good in Rocket Man. Yeah, he was good. Rocket Man, I think, is like the only frame of reference I really have for him. I've oh, never seen. Kingsman. I've never seen Rocket Man. Yeah, okay. I've never I've seen, seen like Kingsman, Kingsman movies. Kingsman. I imagine I, those are they do well and there have been sequels. Right, like so, I feel like he's he probably not a bad actor. Yeah. He's good. I like him in things when I see him. I think the thing also about the opening sequence or the Arabia sequence is it is that weird, like you said, juxtaposition of like the insane, like the Gatling gun, the constantly notched bows and arrows, versus like the fact that it's shot as though it is like a documentary yeah. or like Black Hawk Down, right? Where it's like super, super desaturated <laughs> it's, it's colors. Like, uh, it's like shaky in a, cam, right? Shaky cam. It's in a desert, so everything's really like washed out. Yeah, and I'm just kind of like like how it would be so much more interesting looking if everything was like hyper bright colors again where if you have like the Saracens again you see Jamie Foxx briefly I think it's Jamie Foxx in like a crazy blue outfit and it's like that's like the one pop of color you get in the entire scene then like it would be so much more visually stimulating if it had that level of excess all around but it doesn't because it's gritty they would have done something with the color green famously yes famously Robin Hood's color but Really, Friar Friar Tuck. (laughs) Robin Hood is just wearing this sort of black padded... Yeah, exactly. It's it's meant to, I guess, look like a gambeson, but it just looks like a padded leather coat. Yeah, Yeah. it looks, again, something you could buy off the rack. Honestly, I have a kind of a light green, it's like a light olive tone jacket that looks a lot like his. It has the same, like, I think he has, like, I think he actually has, like, the blue scarf from his son that he wears over his... He does, from from, uh, Little John's son, yeah. and it's not even particularly that bright a pop on him when he does it. But then, you think that there should be, like, a scarf or a hood that would have been a really good, like, an interesting, like, a comic booky vibe. Right, and it is also, like, it also helps you because it's quick visual tell whenever you're doing some kind of, like, fast action scene, you want to be able to tell where Robin Hood is. One of my least favorite things about this movie is in its quest to be very gritty and real, um, everything just kind of gets lost in the soup a lot of the time. So, like we said, very dark. Right, and in that action scene uh, in the beginning with uh, Jamie Foxx, the only reason why I found that scene remotely followable in terms of, like, what was happening, who was where, was because we got that and it's not popping that much, but just because nothing else is popping that right. blue. Yeah. And it really did make me realize, like, wow, this could have really used some more punch of color to, like, help us out here. Right. I also think of the sequence in the mines where, like, the that whole action scene where Marion's <laughs> in a chest or something. Right, no, that's either. the thing either. I, I cannot tell, tell you what's happening. <laughs> like, I know that there are, like, it is wagon like, races a la chariots. It is like the Italian job where they, like, <laughs> collapse the road or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Because they, they, then they haul 
all the gold. They blow off the road or whatever. Right, they blow off the road, so the vault falls in. Well, this is the end of the movie. I was talking about yeah. the one, like, oh, earlier on. Oh, the earlier one. But yeah, no, that is, the, it also is very, like you said, a time drop. They literally make the road explode yeah. so that the vault falls into it so that they it's can take some like, money. somehow, like, a minecart right. track right Yeah, exactly. And also, like... A, a route that they can easily collapse, which again, I guess, I'm sure you could set it up so that it collapses, but like it's set up to collapse like to a T, like when they like. Yeah, it's like, it's preset to collapse, but you already just had to collapse a different part of the road. Right, so like next surely. To it, and you're really counting on that not happening. <laughs> right, exactly. You're counting on the big explosion that makes the road collapse, yeah. not jostling anything loose. Yeah, from the from the other explosion that you have preset right. in there or whatever. But uh, the, so like the, the thing about like the slags or whatever the fuck they call it is just the. I, again, I can't tell what's really happening. It's very dark. I think there's an interesting idea happening there with some of the action scenes where, like, I kind of like the idea of Robin Hood riding on that scaffolding, whatever the fuck he's right. riding on on his horse. Yeah. And, like, it's not a bad idea, I guess, to do kind of a horse and cart chase sequence through these mines. But work. it's so, like, shittily directed, this yeah. movie. I mean, again, if we're going to compare this, which I think we'd said previously, to um, King Arthur and the Lads yes. of the Round Table. Or the Legend of the Sword. Honestly, yeah. I think it's inevitable. We have I to mean, you it. also right. have a lot of good comparisons for archery in movies. You've got The Hunger Games, you've got Hawkeye and all the... Lord movies. of the Rings. Brave. Lord of the Rings, you got Legolas doing Legolas shit. Right. Like, there, there are people have been doing crazy shit with archery in, in movies recently very well. Yeah. So to flub it is very noticeable. It is. It, it does also feel like the Hunger Games were like an influence for this as well because a lot of the costumes in this remind me of sort of like yes. the basic like Hunger Game costumes. And the futuristic yeah. bit. Do you think they were like, ooh, the Capitol has a cool look? We should right. Do I mean, that. and again, there you go again. Like the scenes at the Capitol where everyone is like over the top and crazy. Makes sense. It's like the one scene where they're at the party. Right. This one. So it's just so much. Of this feels like they're cribbing from better yeah. movies. I mean, knowing what we know about this director, do you think he was like, oh, when are we going to get a Hunger Game for boys? I know. I'll pick Robin. <laughs> I mean, is that just the Maze Runner or whatever? Yeah. yeah. Or any of those other shitty YA versions that never yeah. clicked. What was the... There, one of them? One of the Maze Runner movies, I don't know which one, had a subtitle where it was called The Death Cure. The and Death Cure? Yes. <laughs> I've As never in, like, heard of that. Cure for death. I've never heard of that. I just um, thought it was a really funny title. I mean, in terms of like what this movie is really ripping off, I think for me the obvious thing is Batman. This is yes. This is like basically Batman Begins with the Two Face story from the Dark Knight thrown in for Will Scarlet. Because we get scenes of Robin Hood in Lord mode, uh, just throwing his money right around, where he's like doing yeah, like, like a dick. There's like another layer to that though, where like. It's, I guess, Batman, part of that is meant to be a smoke a sm- screen. A smoke screen. <laughs> but with Robin Hood, it's yes, more Mr. specifically Bond. like he's... Because, like, the, the high and mighty in Gotham aren't necessarily, like, the villains. The villains, right. They're apathetic, Whereas in basically. Robin Hood, it's specifically like, I have to get in good with the the powerful because that's who I'm fucking over. So yeah. It's right. like a direct deception on right. them. No, so it's it's I, there's like another count of Monte Cristo is I think like closer version. Yeah, of that's that, fair. Where he's like, I mean, I mean, I mostly mean Batman Begins in terms of like the overall story beats, where it's like yeah. you have Maid Marian as like the Rachel Dawes character, where he comes back to town. And it's like, oh, this woman's been doing things like small things to help people, yeah. while I've been off, you know, doing my semester abroad, learning karate, whatever the fuck Batman's and doing. Wouldn't you know, Rachel's been dating Harvey Dent. Right, that's what I'm saying too. And she's been dating someone else who turns out to be a villain with half his face scarred at the end of the movie. And like you've got Little John as basically almost kind of like Alfred but also kind of Ra's al Ghul and but that also, he's a mentor. But also kind of um, Lucian Fox. Well, I would say that, like, if anything, maybe, like, Friar Tuck is probably going to be more of, like, Lucius Fox type character because he's... Fox's big deal is that he's, like, the guy who provides equipment, really. That's and fair. no one really does that too much in this movie. Like, maybe... I don't know. But uh, anyway... That's that's kind of what what it feels like yeah. to me. A lot of this just feels like someone saw Batman Begins and the pitch was like, "What if Batman Begins but with Robin Hood?" And Lionsgate was like, "Have because he's out at night fucking, fucking things up." And, right, and yeah. he's wearing he's wearing a mask. The mask becomes a symbol. The poor people like rise up around the symbol. They start putting it everywhere. You get it. I love that Will Scarlet is like oh, just I care about the poor people so much. I hate. I'm, I'm I'm clearly, yeah, giving, this is literally character I'm, assassination. I'm, Will I'm, I'm, I'm clearly giving all of my life and soul to the people. Wait, what? What? My girlfriend left me for Robin Hood? Fuck the people. I'm a villain now. Yeah, he's awful. He's a, right. He is reduced to just a beta cuck incel. It is. It's such, a, it's such a bizarre journey for his character, too, because when you first see him, like, he seems perfectly fine. Yeah. And then he has that one discussion with Marion that Robin's listening in on where Marion just kind of, like, a little bit out of nowhere says, like, you're afraid that if, like, the people rise up, they'll join Robin Hood and they won't listen to you anymore. And then it goes from that to, like, he's a reluctant ally to Robin Hood. Yeah. And then it goes from him being, like, a straight-up villain. So it's like... 
he starts off originally as like this sort of like champion of the people and then he becomes like this sort of like muddled centrist who's like well no we can't like we can't fight too much we have to just like run away yeah. and like hope for the best and then he becomes like a fucking villain at the end which really just is out of nowhere but for this he, character but so he throws away all the things that he's supposed to be standing for because, right seemingly because Robin Hood stole his girl yeah yes. pretty much Really lame. And he also, um, I don't think he looks good in this movie. I, I, I think Jamie Dorn is a very attractive actor. I don't think this is his finest hour in terms no. of hotness. I mean, acting-wise, though, I think he does okay? He has to do thankless jobs. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, everyone, I think, in this movie is okay. Mm. I don't think anyone's a problem in this movie. It's, it's just where the script takes them. It, it's just, it, yeah. again, it's just... You, you have this source material that's, you know, centuries old. You can do anything you want with it. And so many adaptations of Robin Hood are just sort of content to do the same thing. Is it because the writer thinks that's something they want to do? Is it because the studio is like, no, no, if you do a Robin Hood movie, you have to do X, Y, and Z. This is what you need to do. Right. Like, it just feels like you could take this almost anywhere. If you wanted to make some weird-ass parable, which this movie seems to kind of trying to be doing in order to make a contemporary metaphor with, like, you know, the Sheriff of Nottingham being this almost sort of, like, Trumpian analog who's like, the people of Arabia hate your freedom. They'll come here and they'll burn down your city and they'll rape your women. And it's just like, okay, like, I get what you're doing here. You're not doing it very well. And even while you're doing this, you're falling back on all the same sort of Robin Hood tropes that we've all seen done so many times before. Well, okay. The things that I think this does that, that Robin Hood movies have not done before, and some of them are good and most of them are bad, mm-hmm. uh, is A, the decision to make Will Scarlet the Sheriff of Nottingham by the end. Slash yeah. Two-Face. Turn him into a beta cook and so yeah. have him be a dumb, dumb. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Interesting choice. We got this, like, again, this very 2018 idea that the church is <laughs> secretly bankrolling both sides of the right. crusade to be... This is like a very just modern. Take up, this I, is I, a very like just, poor person, poor man's attempt at being commentary. Or like yeah, I do intrigued. think I, I I will agree. I think that the the idea that the church is like the ultimate villain here is one of the more interesting things. I don't think it does anything or terribly any well. Right? No, because we don't really understand like how their plan's supposed to work. But yeah. I do think like it's an interesting. It's very confusing. It is. I do what think do they want. They want to take over, but well, I they want to take over. It's just that like they're bankrolling the Saracens. So that I guess the war goes on, or right? I, and I don't know, but like that's the thing too. Like, but then what happens? Like, are they do they want like the people to rise up against King Richard, so that then they'll somehow replace him? Like, I, I truly don't get how they want to obtain power through this means. Yeah, but like earlier, I mean, most Robin Hoods just go the traditional route of like king and prince is greedy, someone's right. greedy, sheriff is greedy, Prince John, prince yeah, John Prince John's greedy. greedy, King Richard's yeah. doing whatever. It's you know, like you're you're the heart of any Robin Hood tale probably be that these rich bastards don't need money. Right. But the 2018 version of it is this kind of bizarre, like, government church corruption thing. It feels like if you were doing it now, you would be, it would be about Amazon, right? <laughs> right. You know, like, corporations. Yeah. Like, take but, over a warehouse. <laughs> but you'd, you'd have to somehow, if you're doing, like, a period-centric Robin Hood, you'd somehow have to turn... It's like a merchants or something. Yeah, yeah like a merchant like, guild. Yeah. It would still be the king, but it'd be like he's the, he's the allied himself the right. real power. Right, like the like the merchants have the real power over the yeah. king at the end of the day, and the king it is just would, sort yeah, of the figurehead. So I so I guess it's what you that was the goal, but it doesn't. It's an interesting idea, but it's not done well. It's fumbled. Yeah, and another thing that is interesting but not done well is this. There's just I've never seen or heard of this in any Robin Hood, which is the idea that he still is pretending to be an asshole. Like yeah. Really? yeah. Which is a weird thing, but I but a I don't know how he's doing it. This happens so we talked about this a lot. Like he had his property seized during right. the war. This made no he sense. He comes, but he's declared dead right. so that they can do this. Right. Thing. He, so he presumably has nothing left. You see yeah. his like his manse. It looks like, it's like shit. Right. It looks like someone like burnt it down basically. Yeah. And then like he comes back and is like, "Surprise! I'm not dead." And they're like, "Well, we knew that, but anyway, go on." <laughs> and, uh, and he like starts donating money that he has just stolen right. to the war effort and also is like just throwing money around to be like I'll put a thousand gold right, county uh, on and Ben Mendelsohn yeah. never does the math where he's like hey I took his stuff away and now yeah, he's like, he should have right. also he should have also, nothing also there's bags of gold right missing. someone yeah. stole ten bags of gold from me yesterday Robin shows up and gives me ten bags of gold very strange coincidence yeah it's very bizarre it is also just sort of like it's, it's a thing that clearly would not have happened in a sequel right because by that point he's an outlaw so I guess it's kind of like yeah. you've exhausted it works for that one bit. right yeah. you've exhausted what you can get from that premise by yeah. the end of the and first movie. To be fair, like a lot of Robin Hood's 
start like I think the Kevin Costner one starts from that point where he becomes like wait it's an origin like, right yeah. yeah whereas like the animated one but the Disney one he's like been he's an outlaw been for a while yeah, like he has no double life like if yeah. he shows up in town everyone's like Every, it's yep, a fucking criminal it. Get, yeah. or like hooray Robin Hood's here it's that guy yeah what is that boy I want that remember when that meme was just dominating yeah oh shit what a simpler time how do you how do you feel like this movie was directed in Shittily. I mean, like I said, uh, the action sequences are not great. The director who did this, sleepy. he did right. He did the pilot to um, Black Mirror, and he did Peaky Blinders, I guess. He did episodes of Peaky Blinders. Which is weird, because yeah. there's a lot of fight choreography on Peaky Blinders. I've never seen it. I can't attest but I, to it. But he might have not done any of those episodes. Right. True. There's probably a lot of directors in Peaky Blinders. I don't... I have not True. seen it. My dad uh, will not stop us. Es- es- it's a dad show. It is a dad show. What's your dad's sure. thoughts on Yellowstone? Oh the, my god, they both love Yellowstone. I was gonna they say. They called me because they are trying to watch the fucking. There's like a prequel. The prequel. I saw a commercial for that the other day. Sorry, I was like. Starring Tim McGraw and yeah. Faith Hill. Yeah, yes. And, I, it's on Paramount Plus, which they're trying to set up some sort of free trial for so that they can watch it. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how to help you. <laughs> Uh, anyway, it is like the ultimate dad show from what I've seen. Like it is just yeah. sort of like a show that dads will love. And that also just came out of nowhere. And but my mom likes Yellowstone. So my popular. mom does not like Peaky Blinders. Mm. She will watch Yellowstone happily, but she she sort of suffers through Peaky Blinders. <laughs> she, the Peaky too violent, as far as I can tell. I don't know what happens in Yellowstone. I don't. I truly don't know what Yellowstone's about at all. But yeah. Oh, uh, he's a rancher. That's all I can. Yeah. Right. I, I assume it's sort of like he's kind of like an anti-hero-y sort of type, like a yes. Walter White. I imagine but, he's sort of like Al Swearingen if I had to take a guess. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. If I had to take a guess, that's he's Swearingenian. Yes. Yeah. Um, anyway, do we have anything else to say about the no about the direction, not the director, about but how it looks, yeah, the movie in general? I think I've. I've exhausted most of my... Do we cover everything? Well, we're going to talk about, like, the characters. characters. But, yeah, like, okay, but I mean, that. in terms of, like, the movie, like, that's... I mean, that's that's kind of what it is. Like I said, there are, there are little things, like you said, Lee, that I do find kind of interesting that the movie never really does enough with to justify me spending two hours watching it. Yeah. But, like, there are small ideas there that are kind of interesting that they just never really commit to or commit to well. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a shame because, like... I, I think, again, comparing it to King Arthur, I feel like one of the things that King Arthur does significantly better is it's a better written movie, you know? Like, if yeah. it's got more of that, you know, you're, you're sort of like... It's still very laddy. And right, like, I was going to say, like, the banter, like, the back and forth yeah. sort of snappy thing. Like, sometimes it doesn't work, but a lot of the times it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's solid enough. Yeah. And here it's just kind of like the most, you know, trite, they, basic they do dialogue. They job with their one token female character. Exactly, yes. With, they with, really with, do. With Sorceress or whatever the fuck Nimue. her name was. The magician. Nimue. Yeah. Is uh, it not Nimue? Know, she didn't have a name. No, I don't think uh, she does. I think it was one of the things. They only called her the mage. That's right. Yeah. but but yeah, like the, the the dialogue in this movie is not terribly good, so it's just sort of like there's not a whole lot for you to obtain from it. It's all very first pass dialogue too. Yeah, I mean, it feels like the the, the one scene where Marion's talking to Robin and she says something like. If not you, who? If not now, when? when? That feels like yeah. such like a poster line of dialogue, you know, where it's like that becomes the line that you throw up on the when. poster. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So I guess let's start with our leading man. I think he's fine. Robin, I don't know? like the character. In yeah. This. I'm annoyed by the character choices made. So he's like, he is like just kind of like a rich douchebag, right? Like a right. privileged rich douchebag in the beginning. He falls in love with this thief and... He's not particularly, like, reformed in the past by her, but he's just like, I guess we're cool. Right, when she does that, which made me think, because there's a part at the end where Marion says something, where Robin's talking, literally at the end of the movie, Robin says something like, like who would have thought that, like, I'd be the one leading an uprising or something, and Marion's like, I would have. I'm like, would you have? Yeah. I certainly yeah. wouldn't When have. does that come up? Right, exactly. So it, it is like, you know, like, where is his character change happening for this guy? I don't know, but it, he... Even like he kind of he's almost like milk toast is almost the word I want to use. He's kind of pushed milk on by, yeah. by everyone else in this mm-hmm. movie. Like he's doesn't really want to go to war, but he has to. Right. He I guess stands up for some principles a bit. When well, I mean, the whole thing is that he says and, that like he only wanted to get Marion back. That was his whole thing. And yeah. Little John's one who has to like drag him into being like. You could actually do good things. And Robin's like, fine, I guess I will. He's not, like, animated by, like, a particular cause, really. I guess not really until the end. But even then, like you were just saying, it's just sort of, he's like, ugh, I guess. Right. Like, there, there are, like, transitions happening in terms of plot beats. But I don't know why they're happening. Yeah. And they're not handled particularly well. 
So yeah, I, I mean, like I, I agree with you. This is like one of the dullest versions of the character. Yeah, of yeah. Robin the Hood. acting is like fine, but I don't like this gormless, like aimless Robin Hood. Right. The the whole relationship he has with Little John. So much of it is just that, like, Little John's being one, be like, "Come on, you got to do the thing." And Robin's like, oh, "I guess I'll do yeah. the thing." Well, I just want to get my girl. Right. Where it just sort of seems like if Robin had shown any sort of like initiative or drive prior to this, he would have been a little bit easier to kind or of like yeah. go along with this. I mean, you get like Errol Flynn historically very charming, swashbuckling, swashbuckling. Yeah. Guy, and Kevin Costner, kind of this earnest, noble-hearted yeah. guy. And, you know, and then in this movie, you just get like, Whoa, I don't want my yeah. so sad, my money's gone. He's kind of like forcibly dragged into my being girl, a hero yeah. in this movie. And so like, right, and so like to a point, like, Will Scarlet probably should be pissed off, you know? Like, yeah, he, he is, is kind one. of like a fucking stick in the mud. Right. He has to be pushed to do anything. He, he is kind of like a... Like a like a privileged rich white kid that is just right who just like shows up and is like I'm, I'm your champion now and everyone's yeah. like hooray he yeah. is it, you get like flashes <laughs> that I think maybe comes come, like he's just like still like afterburns of his Kingsman energy where he shows some brief like sort of yeah like Bra- you know, bravado, bravado. Yeah. spits, but like that's all you get otherwise. Right. I mean, like I just wish the character were a little maybe like more fun or funnier. Yes. You know, which yeah. he's not at all. He should be Robin Hood. He's supposed to be like very dashing. Right. Exactly. Like women are supposed to love him. Yeah. And I think Taryn could have done it. I call yeah. him Taryn. We're friends. Uh, yes, um, you're a little too familiar. <laughs> I'm extremely familiar. Um, let's talk about Taryn's love interest. I mean, I mean what the fuck yeah, she could be fine. Like, she seems like she's perfectly fine. She wears a lot of eyeliner. Right, she's got her little cleavage is, window. I'm still confused in this movie. Is she common? Is she I assume, common? because why else would she be stealing the horse in the beginning? But she, how does she get to the party? <laughs> <laughs> how does she get to that party? I literally never thought of that until right uh, now. You're right. Yeah. yeah, and like you would think that again with like she and Will Scarlet, they'd be the sort of people who wouldn't have those clothes, right? Yes. They'd be like they would have sold them or never bought I them in the first th- place. I think I generally think, if not told anything else about Maid Marian movie, that she is of noble blood. I, that she's that's always my assumption too. And gives gives her time and money. And to she's Catwoman. The poor. And yes, she's and that's Catwoman. It. And she's Catwoman. But, <laughs> so I that's kind of what I assumed in this movie. I think, and I mean, I think that would that would be a perfectly rational assumption to make, if not for the scene of her trying to steal his horse, because like you never get to re- assumed like she was doing it because. She Maybe wanted to ride a horse. Her tenants, or yes, she's a horse girl. <laughs> that would have been such a great explanation. Uh, just a bit no, of I horse girl. She's she's knew that Robin's guy had an extra horse, and she's like, "Well, I'm gonna take this horse." I guess she could have asked, right? Or like what I'm saying, like even if she had said, "Then like no, like so and so needs this horse." Like there's a farmer who had to like who you know who lost his only horse yeah. last week, and like you have twenty horses, like why not give him one? <laughs> And that would that would have been like perfectly fine in keeping with her character, but the fact is now I don't know what her character is. She has no character. Yeah, who is she really? Yeah. yeah. Um, Will Scarlet. A fucking I hate beta him. cuck. Awful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I usually there's many versions of Will Scarlet I fucking love. I have to admit that predominantly in my mind is the one from Robin Hood Ben and Tice. Sure, yeah. <laughs> he's great. He's got all the knives. Yeah, he's amazing. He cuts his own pants off by accident. Great guy. Um, yeah, but in this, he's he sucks. Yeah, no, he's of, the worst. I always kind of expect Will Scarlet to be like the other hot one in the grave. Right. He is. I mean, I think that's like usually what he is as a character. Yeah. He's younger. I feel like he's usually yeah, he's younger like, than Robin he's Hood. He's like a sort of like younger he's, version. I mean, of he's like he set up to yeah. be the, kind of like the heir apparent to yeah. Robin Hood. Yeah. And so I don't know why in this he's such a, like a boring fucking stick in the mud who like sells out all his beliefs. The thing that I kept thinking at the end of this movie was. 100% going to happen is that it was going to end with Bane Prince showing up with a nuke no with Prince John showing up and being like oh fine I guess I'll deal with it myself because like it is weird that in this movie there is no mention explicitly of Prince John or They're, King Richard who are two of the most like common Robin Hood mythos characters yeah. saving it for the sequel right so that's what I'm saying that's why I thought for sure it would end with like some actor you know <laughs> punching below his weight showing up as Prince John <laughs> wouldn't it be amazing if it was like punching below I don't know weight. like they got what if oh, Hold on, what if it was someone punching directly on weight and it was, like, Gerard Butler? No, fine. Cage. <laughs> Needing some money. Yeah, I mean, probably that, right? That's that's hasn't that's he, honestly... Hasn't yeah. he paid his way out of it? I don't know if probably. he'll ever pay his way at out least, of it. At least Nicolas Cage... Did you guys see the trailer for that movie where he plays himself? Yeah. No, I oh haven't seen the trailer, God. but I've heard about I'm it. I'm hoping that it's really good, because it looks good. It sounds interesting. Yeah. Is it Charlie Kaufman again? 
No, it's like no, it's like Nicolas Cage. It's like a movie about Nicolas Cage needing money, and so he takes a job to go visit a drug lord in Colombia. Like, <laughs> yeah. Until, like, and it's like a, he's a fan of Nicolas Cage, and they go on all these Nicolas Cage esque adventures. It's very bonkers. It sounds great. I I do appreciate that Nicolas Cage at least uh, does the take any role approach with joy, whereas I feel like. You have, like, a Bruce Willis who does it. Oh, who's, yeah. like, like dragging his feet, like, Yeah, through. well, yeah. and who he's there for, like, he's gone before lunch, right? Right, like, yeah, you yeah. get five hours of Bruce Willis. I think when you get, you either get that, you get Nicolas Cage, you get Bruce Willis, or you get, like, the, sorry, the, <coughs> my, my, I'm losing my voice. Um, you get those British, you get, like, the Ben Kingsleys, who are right. like, it's right. just a job. Who's in blood ring. Right, it's right. Amazing. It's a paycheck. Like, in, in, so, like, you know, it's freedom to be, like, as hammy as you want, right. and it's perfectly fine. Yeah, um, and he's like, hey, it's just like, you know, I'll take whatever work you got, sure. Right. I'll, I, I'll play this weird Arabian well, villain and Prince of the... In, what is that fucking... Uh, Prince of Persia. Prince of Persia. Prince of yeah. Persia. Well, and he was also in Blood Rain, that terrible Uva Bowl movie. And yeah. a reporter once asked him, like, why did you do this? And he was like, I never get offered roles like this. I would love to play a vampire. And yeah. it's perfect. You know, like, doing it for the money is a perfectly valid reason. You know what? Like, it's like... Why, it's why a lot of us do many things. Right. Like, <laughs> like I, I, do, I do much worse shit for money. So, like, you know what? Fine. Um... I would, uh, yeah, I, I was kind of surprised they didn't have that set up. But again, I guess it's just that laziness just sort of suffused through. Um, do we want to talk about the Sheriff of Nottingham? Are we talking about that one? Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, it's Ben Mendelsohn. He's great. Ben Mendelsohn, just... I don't think he, uh, I don't think they wrote a script for him. I think he just showed up <laughs> I think... with his greatest hits. Or I was yeah. going to say, like, do you think he, he, like, cobbled together, like, three great villain monologues from just, like, all of these other villain yeah. monologues yeah. he's done? Yeah, so exactly. he has this great one about, like, licking, the dogs will be licking the blood off. Blood, yeah. Right, it's so, like, he says only he wants to boil Robin his own piss or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, <laughs> They're like we'll take, they will we'll, we'll take all the money from the poor that will burn. We'll burn their slums to the ground. Yeah, yeah. That's great. So I think about we'll take the coins out of their piss pockets. We're like we'll take their coins. They don't have a coin or a piss pocket. Yeah. Hands, yeah. hands or something. Yeah. yeah. But, well, what I thought was so funny about that too was he's like, I know what we'll do. We'll tax them and then we'll kill them. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, such a ridiculous. Right, no, it is. It is such a joke to be like that. But then where will you get more taxes <laughs> from? And you want the cardinal to be just like, yeah. well, let's reel it back a little bit. Yeah, and the Cardinal's like, great. Yeah, the Cardinal's like, love it. Ooh. What are you taxing? You don't even pay them. Right, exactly. Where's the money coming you, from? Yeah. Eventually, you will just not have money. Yeah. Eventually, <laughs> eventually all there is is fire. <laughs> right. Yeah. In the fire mines. It's nuts. It's what a crazy hospital. Um, Friar Tuck, play by Tim Minchin. He's fine. He's right. good. He's a good guy. I, yeah, I mean, again, this could... It's a very small and thankless role in this movie. Yeah, it's they sort didn't... Of, they don't give... They, that's one of the examples. You get this great, talented guy. You don't give him enough to do. I'm, right. always, I'm always happy for a pension of mention, though. <laughs> oh, you're so clever. <laughs> a pension um, of mention. It, 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 again, it does seem sure like one of those things where, like, but in the sequel, you'll have this whole B-plot where right. you get to do X, Y, and Z the entire time. Yeah. Uh, have, have we forgotten anyone else? I, think so. I mean, F. Murray Abraham. Oh, wait. F. Murray Abraham. Guys, again, more we like A plus Murray Abraham. We didn't really do Little John. Oh. Oh, the optics. Oh. Um, <laughs> the only the only person of color in this movie, aside from two, aside from two randos who show up briefly at the end. Yeah. I think Jamie Foxx is doing a fine job in for this movie. For a script that is truly garbage. Right, again, for, we're basically <laughs> playing, like, a medieval magical Negro-type character. Yes. Yeah. Like, I think he's doing good. I think his is... Uh, I guess of all of the forms of, like, macho greediness we get in this movie... Um, I found that to have it, it sort of took some of the uh, uncomfortableness of the magical Negro out of it because he didn't feel as subservient to the white character. Well, as, they were like pushing him around, right? Like again, he's the only driving force in the so, movie. Right. I mean, like, so I feel like stop vomiting because you saw you. <laughs> right. So that like that doesn't save it. Obviously, like it, it still is a magical Negro character. Right. I mean, because I think it's still a magical Negro character in the sense that he shows up to like help everyone else. But you it know? did feel less insane. Did you want to say anything about the score? The score is like uh, uh, Joseph the score is the score. Joseph Trapanese. It's very much like. Any sort of generic Hans Zimmery action type score, like this could be plopped in <laughs> right to almost any sort of generic action Marvel-y type movie, and it would sound like perfectly at home. You right. know, like there's nothing there's nothing exciting being done here. Again, if you're gonna go nuts, like 
throw in some medieval instruments in with your like wall of strings or something, like throw in some lutes and lyres and like go to town. Or, that would what? be fun. Go full go full knight's tale and just have them singing. Or that's the other thing too. I mean, uh, King Arthur had a really truly right. The... <laughs> I, I kind of love that. Breathwork and hurdy gurdy. Yeah, yeah. hurdy gurdy and heavy breathing. Right, because so like at least it. it's at least it's different, right? Like yeah. even if you don't like it, you have to admit that it's not. Like it was anything interesting. Personal. It was a choice and right. it was unique. And right, as opposed to here, it's just like this. There's probably like a software program that could write the score to this movie. Yeah. I mean, I fucking love that montage in the beginning of King Arthur where it's like him growing up with the boys. Yeah. Oh my god. Good montage. I listened to that episode again. Uh, I, I mentioned this before. I, I listened to it again recently and one of the things uh, I had totally forgotten about until I li- listened to that was in that montage, he does a lot of... Ah! <laughs> he just runs the place and is going... Ah! Such a great... <laughs> oh my god! I think he's like boxing or something. He's, he's like, like shadow, shadow boxing, boxing. Yeah. 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 But he's also having a mental breakdown. And like trying to like psych himself up or something. Yeah, it's what a crazy movie that is. I mean, that you could have really if you were doing the gritty route, you, you could have at least taken and not all the pages. But good god, don't take all those pages, but take about <laughs> one third of those pages. Would you would you include in those pages <laughs> the giant elephant? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Leave fucking the Oliphant's giant showing up, carrying a human city-sized ziggurat. <laughs> Leave that behind. And taller oh, than the Empire State Building, that elephant is. That's just one of my my most favorite, just bonkers images. Yeah. <laughs> it's so early in the movie too, like it's like right out of the gates, enormous elephant with a ziggurat. Yeah, that's how you really know you're you like, not well, in Kansas. Right, this is not your daddy's little, King yeah. Arthur movie. Little Moon and Avalon. All right, so let's get to fixes. Yeah, I feel pretty confident about mine if we're right with sure, you. Sure, yeah, go ahead. Okay, do it. The only thing that I legitimately enjoyed in this movie, and I, 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 this started out as a joke, but then it became real. Uh, I just could not get enough of the whole just like constantly notched bows <laughs> thing, just treating uh, arrows like bullets. Um, just the I would have like loved to have seen him try to like loose an arrow at like super close range and just just, <laughs> just like see how that would have worked. Um, that in my mind, I would love for this to be a sort of like Miracle Workers style anachronistic comedy. I like that the kind of tone Miracle Workers does that I think could actually kind of work with the heightened silliness of treating medieval weaponry that way, where they're sort of like deadpan and matter of fact about the sort of anachronistic jokes that they're making. And I don't know, I kind of feel like this movie is so boring and I wouldn't like it better if it were like a serious adventure. So why not just dive into that silly detail and just like explode it, just make it more of that. I mean, you could just literally have whatever adventures of Robin Hood you wanted to have just with, obviously you need them to be a little bit more outsized. It's not going to be as like gritty and serious and Batman-y. Right. But yeah, just like, I think that would be a lot more fun. It could be almost like, I could like a Leslie Nielsen comedy in some kind of way. <laughs> I mean, you're just talking about Robin Hood Meditation. Yeah, that's to a certain extent. Like, you have to, if you're going to go that way, you have to differentiate it from Robin Hood Meditation. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of funny that you bring that up, Chris, because I feel like we were, I was coming from kind of a similar place when I thought of mine. So the thing that I talked about before is how this movie feels like burdened with the weird purpose of being the gritty Robin Hood yeah. movie. This, this ancient old grandpa's Robin Hood. <laughs> no one wears tights. They wear jackets with puffy lining instead. But it's also burdened with like this weird idea that there is going to be some heightened like over-the-top weird shit yeah. in it as well. So like it's not just like realistic gritty. It's just gritty, but also nuts. And as I said previously... The thing that I like is the nuts things in this movie. So, like, if we're going to lean into some sort of aesthetic, you can lean into something that's, like, steampunk, but air-appropriate. So, like yeah. I said earlier, like, coal punk or tallow punk Give us or something punk. like that. Whatever that's, you... That's a... we got to make that a thing. Tallow punk? It's got to be. Let's, let's do this. So, wait, every, everything candles? <laughs> yeah, yes. well, it's like Castlevania, maybe. Yeah. yeah so like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know what? Like, like, go fucking nuts in this movie. That's Air what I want this movie to do. Limps. I mean, like, right, that's what I'm saying. There could be balloons in this, right? Like, you could be launching an airstrike with hot air balloons, Alchemist right? fire. Yeah. You could give me, like, fucking weird-ass catapults on wheels like they're tanks. Right. right, just like pit, like driving them through the streets of Nottingham. You could like have this crazy ass Sherwood Forest where it's like you know like it's like fucking Endor or something where I'm it's fine. like there's like there's traps in the trees or it's and like Stanley Robinson, right? And they like they're like yeah, it's like this crazy treehouse or it's like this ancient 
3,000-year-old tree that they all hide in the base of. You know, it's like, go crazy with it is what I basically want at the end of the day. Like, lean into this bizarre futuristic aesthetic that it kind of dips its toe in and just go full of nuts. Because, like, you know, like, I've seen so many Robin Hood movies. So if you're going to just do a basic-ass Robin Hood movie, at least give me something that's, like, I haven't seen before, you know? Because otherwise it's just, like, this is the same as the fucking Ridley Scott Robin Hood with, um, with Russell Crowe and, uh, and Kate Blanchett. Right. Where it's just, like, it's just boring. You know, like, well, that's, that's, a, that's its greatest sin is when it's boring. Why? Why are you giving me a straight-down-the-middle adaptation of right. history? And so, like, there's two other minor things that I kind of thought about is that Marion should be filling a lot of the role that Little John is in this movie where, like, Marion shows up earlier on and she's kind of the one who kind of trains him mm-hmm. to do some of these things. I think that, like, she could be the one to introduce him to Little John. Like, maybe he doesn't actually know who he is. Maybe Robin was never fighting the Crusades or whatever. But maybe Marion's just like, like, I have a connection with this guy who was, like, you know, like, one of the people who was wounded in the Crusades and we, like, managed to, like, sneak him up here away from the danger Right. Maybe you guys should meet up and hook up and get together. Or you could be a prisoner or a merchant. Right. Or... I would like Robin and Little John to be more friendly than they are in this movie because they don't really come up as friends. They just come up as kind of like a mentor and a mentee sort of thing. Um, so it would be nice if they had more of that chemistry between them. And the other thing that I kind of thought about is there's this monologue that we didn't really discuss where... It's one of the earlier scenes with Robin and the sheriff where the sheriff talks about how, like, when he was a kid, he lived in an orphanage and, like, the lords and the priests would come in at night and they would, like, sodomize children and, like, pour brandy down their throat to sort of, like, take them out of it. And, like, when he does that scene, I was like, is this movie going to, like, fake me out and have it be that, like, the sheriff of Nottingham's, like, not really the villain here and that, like, the true villain is the church? But then, as I said, the whole thing happens where it's, like... I don't know. Is he against the church? Like, is that like right? Like, how did this affect him in some way? Did it make him like hate the church? Did it make him want to be like the people who are coming in there sodomizing the kids? I don't know. But so, what I think should happen is that the sheriff Nottingham is like kind of playing the long con in this movie, where he's like secretly kind of like almost an anti-hero type character where he like realizes that like the people are going to hate him no matter what he does like he is the sheriff of Nottingham he's this figure of authority people are going to fucking resent the fact that he exists but like what he can do is he can pretend to be like this very loyal very supportive figure to all these rich people and then try and take them down himself and so it's sort of like the twisteroo that comes in in act three is that Robin finds out that the sheriff of Nottingham is secretly like working with a similar goal that Robin is and then if you want to do your fucking ass sequel bait that's when you have Prince John show up and be like no I have to take things over because you both fucked this up so badly. Now, how are we going to get the penguin in there? Uh, so I think that's pretty easy. The penguin's going to be a legitimate business owner in this one. <laughs> uh, he doesn't quite look like a penguin, but he's kind of rotund. <laughs> and maybe he's always smoking a cigarette. I don't know what penguins are in Robin Hood. That's right. <laughs> so it could be the, like, like the, the swallow. The, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't cashew. I said kestrel. <laughs> I don't think they know what I don't think they know what a cash yeah. is. Again. I haven't found Australia right. yet. That, that'd be considerably as nuts. Yeah. <laughs> what do you got, Lee? Yeah. Um, well, I, I did a similar thing to you guys, I think, where you sort of each like found a different touch point to vent to melt it with. But I don't know why I'm. I didn't think I was going to be the only person that, that thought about this. But I'm doing Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So I, I think that like if you're gonna like again a Knight's Tale, like, I kind of want to use a Knight's Tale as my template. And I, but like, what's different about that story, which is some sort of like rags to riches thing, is that this is clearly a heist, right? Mm-hmm. And so like you you got to do like. Robin Hood as Ocean's Eleven, where I think that you have, like, some pretty easy parallels. So the changes that I want to make, I think, is, like, Will Scarlet, I think, is, like... So he... Coming over from the Crusades is akin to, like, Danny Ocean getting out of jail, where he's like, comes back, and, like, all the shit's been all fucked up while he's been gone. His his old friend, Rusty Brad Pitt, a.k.a. Will Scarlet, is like, <laughs> oh, boy, like, shit's gone really bad while you were away. And, and he's like, all right, it's fine, I, I gotta play. He, he's made, like, a new friend, which is uh, Jamie Foxx's character... I don't know, like, if he's still going to be Little John, if we're going to have another little... It feels like you'd want, like, a heavy in right, the fight right, stage, so you yeah. have, like, an actual Little John, yeah. like, a big, brawny guy. But I think that, like, Jamie Foxx's character would probably be, like, akin to maybe, like, the hacker or, like, the, the acrobat. Like, somebody who's bringing, like, a weird, unique skill set right. that everyone's used to because he's, like, a Saracen doing guerrilla warfare. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you'd have, like... Yeah, I think, like, Danny... Like, <laughs> Danny Ocean and Rusty A.K.A. like Robin and Will Scarlet are sort of like the combined like mastermind face combo where they're both nobles um, and Marion is, is I think kind of a similar to like like his ex-wife or his ex-girlfriend where, he, she, where she's like 
ostensibly not supposed to be knowing about any of this and then finds out and right. it's like you fucking you guys I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill you but like is she is she gonna be dating the sheriff of Nottingham but either un- she's unhappy in the relationship no I think that she probably like <laughs> yeah thought that you know maybe that she because I, I guess you want a similar thing although I don't know I don't like the way this movie does it where she thinks that Robin is like an asshole yeah, yeah. Neither. I think that she's just like uh thinks that Robin Hood is, like, wasting his time with his, like, elaborate schemes, and she, she's more boots on the ground to, like, kill people. Right. Mm-hmm. Where we can kind of a thing, and she doesn't really want Robin Hood, like, doing reckless, like, thieving attempts and trying to get himself, like, in jail. Um, but ends up having to, like, save all the boys' asses later because they all, like, it's some crucial part of their plan. Like, something goes really wrong, and she's the only one that is aware of it and can stop it in time. I mean, I think that's about all the, the, the parallels that you'd have. But, yeah, I kind of wanted to be, like, a medieval heist where there's some big convoy of gold that they've got to yeah. get out. And I, I do want to follow the character template too where I want to bring Robin Hood back to being like, like none of this shit that we see in this movie. I want to have him be like, you know, similarly like, I think that he is more pissed off about his money being gone than mm-hmm. he is about like the poor. Right. And that it's more like everyone else, like some other, maybe it's sort of with somebody else in his crew who's like a commoner, like maybe it's Little John or something. And then maybe Marion helps give it some later on. Like, by the way, like, or maybe he probably naturally is, as he's going around doing his errors, maybe see people start, like, thanking Robin Hood for, like, oh, he's, like, really bringing the money back. And maybe he accidentally, he's stealing money, and he, the bag accidentally rips open, and all the commoners <laughs> are, like, yanking the gold up, and then they're all, like, oh, fuck <laughs> And he actually has to be, like, feel touched because yeah. some woman's, like, my son won't die of, like, the flu. <laughs> yeah, and he's, like, oh, god damn it, I gotta help these people know. Like, but yeah, I wanted to have that Very sort bad. of, like, you know, uh, classy old-timey, like, you know, comedy vibe that, that uh, Ocean's Eleven had. Yeah. That would be fun. Yeah. yeah. A lot more fun than this movie. Mm-hmm. Unquestionably. Uh, final question. Twid, you recommend it? No. Um, I don't know, honestly. <laughs> I don't I, think I would. I'm so aggressively on the fence about this, because, like, on the one hand, it is kind of long, it is kind of boring, but there is some weird shit in it that I kind of appreciate. So, like, I don't know. I feel like this is one of those movies where, like, if it's on TV at 2 p.m. on a Sunday and you're just kind of, like, sitting around. You you literally have no other plans. Right. I mean, like, you could, again, you could be cooking or doing laundry or cleaning while watching this. And, like, you you would look up every now and then and be like, oh, that's weird. And then just go back to whatever else you're doing. Like, that's probably the ideal context. The ideal context for this movie is you're on a plane and someone is watching on the screen in front of you. So that you look up from your Nintendo Switch every now and then and are like, oh, what a strange outfit. And then go back to your game. I mean, I would only recommend that you look for the Crusade scenes to have a good laugh because they are bonkers. (laughs) Yeah, the Crusade. I mean, again, you could just, like, check out it for 15 minutes then at that point. Just to see those arrows coming in and are, like, going through (laughs) and, like... They're, like, going through tile and stone, and you're also seeing, like, impacts going up as if they're, they're like, shells. Right, and I mean, that also happens when Rob's doing his first heist, where, like, there are guards shooting at him, and he's behind a post, and the post's, like, exploding as these arrows hit him. It's, uh, like, like the Matrix. Yeah, Yeah. as if they would just bing off. Right, exactly, right. I mean, it's it's stone, and you have arrows. Stone doesn't do that. a little bit of probably flint, maybe stone, iron if you're lucky. Right. A little bit of it. I, for the record, would not suggest this movie. I found it to be boring, although I I do still stand by the idea that it could have been a great comedy. Yeah, I mean, I'm, frankly, I'm, I'm I'm impressed that this movie gave us a lot to talk about, you know, know. which is more than I thought it would be. I thought it would just be kind of like goofy, but thoroughly dull. And like, I have to say, like, it's there were things, it is definitely still dull, but like, (laughs) there were enough weird things here that I was kind of able to like, I was inspired by, you know, like, I feel like there are some movies we do where I just don't know how to fix it. All I can do is like muster up a half-assed kind of like, well, maybe just do this differently and it'll be better. But this one's kind of like, yeah, I would see a better version of this movie. I'm taking it as a positive omen that despite being crap, we still were inspired. Yeah, I think think it's (laughs) it's nice when that happens. You know, it shows that we're not like too jaded by all the shit we watched over the years. Just burnt out. Yeah. Well, y'all come back. And on us in two weeks. We're gonna have a mini we're gonna have a mini episode. But until then you can find us on Facebook.com slash whywatchpod. Cast. Cast Trappack.com is the website. All the episodes are up on there. For some reason, older ones aren't showing up on iTunes. I don't know why, but we'll figure it out at some point. But they're there. Well, that's all you guys. Bye! Bye! Bye.